This is The Warrior's Cry, and I'm your host, James Edwards. Welcome again to this installment. This is episode 13, and it's been a few months since I've actually done an episode. So I want to invite you or welcome you back. Um, definitely appreciative of you guys listening. And, uh, you know, and I, I hate that it's been uh, as long as it has been and we haven't really had a conversation up until now. Uh, the last episode that I had was um, actually in November, I think. And that episode was uh, called LGBT and abortion and why they are so important. And, uh, you know, normally I don't do stuff like that on this podcast. Most of you who have listened um, uh, to this podcast know that I like to try to stay evergreen. I like to try to stay uh, uh, current um, on, you know, uh, stuff that will pertain to the body of Christ in 20, 30, 40, 50 years even. Who knows if anybody will even be listening to this at that point. Uh, but that's primarily the reason behind uh, this podcast is to talk about unity in the body of Christ and, um, and, and talk about how we as the body of Christ uh, would look if we actually uh, pursued such things. So today I was actually joined uh, with Pastor Michael Abbott out of Lifeway Church in Silva, and they have another campus uh, in Rabin Gap, Georgia. Um, which is fantastic. They're a growing church, um, a small church, but they are growing. Um, and uh, I've, I've been friends with Pastor Mike for uh, a few years now, and uh, he is a wonderful guy, and I had a great conversation with him. I hope you uh, enjoy the conversation that we had today. So before I begin, I will say that the audio quality of the interview wasn't up to par just due to the fact that I couldn't get my computer uh, up and running for the audio quality. Uh, so I ended up recording uh, on my Android phone, my uh, Pixel XL, and uh, hopefully um, the audio isn't that bad. Um, but, you know, uh, hopefully that doesn't deter from the actual uh, meeting that we had. But uh, once again, I really appreciate you guys listening. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, so excited that we're back and we're up and running. This is the first episode of 2017, so I hope you enjoy. This is James Edwards with The Warrior's Cry. This is episode uh, 13, and I've got Mike Abbott here, pastor of uh, Lifeway Church in Silva, North Carolina. And uh, before we begin, we're going to go ahead and open with our foundational verse, and that is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 through 13. And it says, Now I exhort you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree, and that there be no divisions among you. But that there be that you be made complete in the same mind, in the same judgment. For I have been informed concerning you, my brethren, by Chloe's people, that there are quarrels among you. Now I mean this, that each one of you is saying, I am of Paul, I have Apollos, and I have Cephas, and I have Christ. Has Christ been divided? Paul was not crucified for you, was he? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? So 
Mike, let's go ahead and open with, uh, you know, uh, introducing yourself, kind of telling my listeners uh, about who you are, your ministry, and uh, uh, a little bit about your, your personal life. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first, thanks, James, for having me today. I know we've been talking about it for a while, and it's good for us to uh, to be sitting here and to catch up. I'm really looking forward to our time together. Um, as you said, my name's Mike Abbott. Uh, I pastor a church uh, with a campus in... Uh, Silva, North Carolina is also uh, a location in Rabin Gap, Georgia, so I split my time between those two locations. Um, I love what I get to do. Uh, I've been in ministry since I was 21 years old, so uh, I'll let you do the math. That's half of my life, um, and uh, you know, it, it's the most incredible opportunity to be a part of seeing people um, experiencing God in their lives, you know, being with them in their their highest of highs and lowest of lows, and, and seeing God be faithful through all of it. Um, started pastoring uh, as senior pastor of Lifeway 13 years ago, and uh, so I've been there since 2003, November was 13 years, and um, just love what I get to do and who I get to do it with. Um, you know, uh, chasing after God has led me all around the world, um, has afforded me some really incredible opportunities, and... Uh, so, um, yeah, I'm excited to be here and, and talk a little bit about unity and whatever else the Lord lays on our hearts, and so it's good. Well, cool deal. I'm really glad to have you here. Um, I know we've been talking about doing this for a little bit um, since probably about middle of last year, um, and, uh, you know, it's it's we all have hectic schedules, and I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to be here. So, talking about the foundational verse, what does that say to you initially? Well, if I can, uh, there's another, I think, key verse on unity in the book of Psalms, uh, the 133rd Psalm. It says how, how blessed it is when when brothers dwell together in unity, and it goes and, and talks about that that's where God uh, commands his blessing. He doesn't, you know, suggest it, doesn't, um, you know, just afterthought. I mean, but that's where the Lord commands, and we know that God's words... Uh, have the power to create out of nothing everything and um, I personally think that the single greatest strategy that the enemy uses against the church is is division strife discord jealousy gossip all that garbage because uh, you know if if us being together in unity is a place that God commands blessing Obviously, the enemy wants to, to uh, undo that at any cost. And so I, I think the truth of the matter is, is, is unity is such a bigger issue than, than what we've even scratched the surface of. Um, of course, you know, Paul's talking and, you know, the church is like, I follow Cephas, I follow Apollos, I follow Paul, I follow Christ, I follow, you know... It, and the reality is, is we're getting our, uh, we're getting our focus off of what's most important, which is Jesus. Um, you know, Paul did say, "Follow me as I follow Christ." You know, the reality is, you know, because Paul was completely sold out to God's preferences and God's plans and, and God's purposes, that to follow him was to follow Jesus. 
and and the reality at the end of the day is you know it's 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 not about my preferences it's not about my uh personality even it's it's about the greater good it's about the the cause that's that's eternal and you know it breaks my heart to see in the church people um, breaking fellowship over what i believe are such insignificant things um you know i, I think there are a few hills that are worth dying on um you know, for me specifically, who is Jesus um, and how do you get to heaven? Uh, because I, I think that those two questions uh, fundamentally affect where somebody spends forever. And to me, that's a huge deal. Um, you know, we can have differences uh, of opinion um, when it comes to the end times, the exact order that events will play out. Uh, you know, there are a lot of people that feel differently about, you know, uh, the, the operation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, all those things. Um, you know, I have some very strong feelings about those, but the truth is, is, you know, to me, it's not, it's not worth breaking fellowship over and it's not worth losing God's commanded blessing. Um, you know, I, to me, relationships, are what really matter in this world. And I don't think that we should treat them as disposable, as, as so often we see people doing that, um, especially in the church. Um, of course, the, uh, uh, you know, the old adage that, that blood is thicker than water, most people understand that incorrectly. Um, you know, they think that you know, your biological family, it comes first and, and will stick closer to you than than your friends, but the, the true meaning behind that is, you know, the blood of the covenant is thicker than the waters of birth. And and the truth is, is our brothers and sisters in Christ are our forever family. Um, I'm so thankful that, that the vast majority of my, my natural biological blood family uh, are believers. Um, but the truth is, is, you know, for those of us, you and I sitting here, um, we're connected at a deeper level um, because our connection is spiritual and in that connection, uh, the truth is everything in the flesh is going to pass away one day, but the spiritual things, you know, exist for eternity. And, and I, I feel like, I feel like that's how we should treat one another, um, you know, within our churches and in between our churches, uh, you know, I don't think that people are disposable. Um, and, and it, it pains me greatly when I see, uh, folks, because of their hurt, because of their their insecurity, because of their past, um, you know. And, and the truth is, is more often than not, it's it's done as a um, you know kind of a self preservation protection, you know. But but the reality is, is in the long run, I think we're hurting ourselves mm-hmm. by not fighting for the relationships that God's given us. Right. So. Right. Well, you know, in a previous episode, uh, episode eleven, where I talked to Caesar Kalinowski. He made a comment, um, and, and I, I fully believe this. He was talking about um, how humanity is tribal in its complexities. Like, we always try to find people that most identify with us, and that's what we link our arms with. And as a result, that's what's caused the division in the church. He goes, uh, you know, uh, hopefully that these things will, you know, uh, diminish over time. Um, but unfortunately, humanity does seek to try to find um, meaning 
through the division, through the chaos, through the things like that, because we're trying to find people that we agree with. We don't want to associate with people we don't agree with. And as a result, that's what happens, what causes the broken church. You know, um, after numerous studies about this, I mean, I've done studies on division in the church for probably the last 20 years. And um, it's, it's funny to see how easily uh, a united body of Christ that Jesus left the earth with divided so quickly and so easily once there was no figurehead to align with. Um, and the figurehead is still there, obviously, but he's not physically here with us. And so it's so much easier for us to just say, you know, hey, I don't agree with your stance because you think that abortion's okay, or I don't agree with your stance because you don't believe in tongues or, you know, or whatever. Um, and you're evil, you're going to hell because you don't believe the exact same way that I believe. And uh, ultimately, I think that injures our witness, um, especially in the United States. You know, because most of the division that we talk about on the Warriors Cry is not a global issue. It's a United States issue. It's an American church thing. Um, and I think, uh, you know, just from talking to people over the last year, uh, like the missionary in China, uh, David Joannis, I think that was episode five. I've talked to Michael Brown and uh, 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 Frank Turek last year. And, you know, all of them basically said, you go outside of the church and it doesn't matter what denominational group that you're affiliated with. They love you. They, they want to be part of your ministry. They want to get close to you. They don't really care about all that. But in the United States... Um, where it's so easy to be divided, that's where we we see this really perk its head up. You've got 50 churches on every different corner, and they don't want to talk to each other because they don't agree on everything. Um, what do you say about all that? Well, I think one of the the major concerns is is our understanding of government. Um, you know, here in the United States, uh, and I've traveled around the world um, and had the opportunity, you know, uh, to see other cultures. Um, and here in the United States, you know, we're certainly blessed um, to uh, to have been born and, and, you know, to have all the opportunity and freedoms that we enjoy, uh, one of those being our democratic government. Um, you know, some might disagree with me right now. Um but that's a different uh, uh, episode, um, you know. Uh, but I think that we see we see church through the lens of our personal experience rather than our personal experience through the lens of the kingdom. Um, you know, in 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 our nation, uh, we're very proud of the fact that that everyone has a voice. Um, you know that every ha every person has a vote. Um, you know we take that that uh, to heart, and and I think we should. Um, however, I think that we don't have a real clear concept of kingdom, um, because a king is not or a kingdom is not led by an elected official. Uh, a a kingdom is led by a king, and you know I think the problem is is you know we're Baptists first, or we're Methodists first, or we're Pentecostals or Charismatics, or, you know, my favorite, the non-denominational denomination um, first, before we're Christian. 
And it gets back to what I was saying. I do think there are a couple of, of hills worth dying on. Um, you know, the scripture says if anyone comes and preaches another Jesus, not another gospel, I mean another Jesus. And, and you know, there are some um, uh, religious organizations that proclaim the name of Jesus, but he's a very different Jesus than, than the Jesus you and I believe in, and the Jesus that, that the Bible teaches, and the Jesus that, that Paul and Cephas and Apollos followed. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I think we, we have this um, maybe just a, a, a very skewed version of, of what government is, and, and we apply democracy to kingdom instead of kingdom. To democracy, I guess, is, uh, you know, what I'm getting at. Um, I have seen in, in other cultures um, some infighting between denominations and, and some of that same stuff. Uh, but I've also seen that uh, some of that had to do with the American influence in those cultures. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, it, 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 at the end of the day, the scripture you said, you know, it hurts our witness. The scripture says, by the love that we have for one another, will all men know that we're genuine followers of Jesus Christ. And, and again, it brings me back to, I think it's the reason that, the, the, that it is the primary uh, attack of the enemy against the church at large is to sow division, discourse, you know, discord and strife. Um, because then the world, we're not a witness. I mean... You know, how are we going to reach the world if we can't even love one another? Amen. That's right. Yeah. And, and I know that uh, in the United States, and, and, you know, just for my listeners' sake, we don't talk about politics or anything like this on here. There might be a one-off conversation where I might talk about um, abortion or, or something like that that may be political in nature, um, as I did in the December episode. Um, but the reason why I talk about those things is because I believe that they're very, very important in the scheme of life in general. Um, I don't think that those things should be degraded or segregated to just politics only. Um, but we don't talk about politics, uh, much on this podcast at all. And the reason why we don't is because I want this podcast to be evergreen. I want somebody to be able to come back in six years, seven years, eight years, 12 years, 50 years and be able to hear these constant truths that we're talking about on this podcast that uh, are transcendent um, over the time period. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and get into kind of the questions that I like to ask um, before, uh, uh, before our time runs out here. Um, so first off, in your perception, do you think the church as a whole is healthy? Wow. Wow. Um... Maybe above my pay grade. Um, <laughs> I would say this. Jesus said he would build his church and hell's gates would not prevail against it. Um, we are not perfect. We are in a process of being perfected. Um, I have no great concerns, grave concerns for the church simply because... Jesus said he would build his church and hell would not win. Um, do we have room for improvement? Uh, you know, absolutely. Um, but I think the church as a whole, uh, we have absolute certainty that it will endure 
till the final day. Um, and so, you know, I have uh, no concern for the church at large. Um, at the same time, I don't think that that means we sit back and just say, well, you know, everything's, um, you know, sunshine and roses. And uh, we're just going to sit back and, you know, I think we have a lot of work to do. Right. Um, so, you know, I like to segregate kind of the, the thoughts between like a little C church and a capital C church. The little C church is the, uh, the, the local body. Um, and the big C church is the universal body, the body that is, uh, um, worldwide, uh, universally, uh, accepted, I guess you could say. Um, so with that in mind, what do you think God is saying to the church capital C today? I think he's saying the same things um, that he's always said. I've been meeting with a, a group of our leaders, um, you know, just to, to take a look at our, our, our vision statement, our mission statement, our purpose statement, and, <clears throat> and just to make sure that we're staying true to uh, to what God's called us to do. And, and you know, I, I think Jesus made pretty clear, you know, we, we may communicate it in different ways, but I think, you know, the reason that we're here has, has been the same since man was created, and uh, it's to worship God and to love other people. Um, of course, you know, Jesus was questioned, um, you know, what's the greatest commandment? And, and you know, uh, legalism, uh, it's funny because they're so focused with, with dotting their I's, crossing their T's, but their true motivation is uh, how little can I put in and how much can I get away with, you know, which is not the message of grace. Um, and Jesus just said, listen, I can sum up all the law, all the prophets, real easy. He said, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And, you know, you can break that down. I mean, how do you love God with your mind? How do you love God with your heart? How do you love God with your soul and your strength. Um, but of course, Jesus being a grace guy, he throws in the second, because the guy only asked for one. He says, and the second commandment is is similar in kind to the first. He said, to love your neighbor as you would love yourself, um, which to me just speaks of God's grace in, you know, uh, in healing you. I mean, you know, if you don't love yourself, how do you love someone like yourself? Well, um, of course, later, you know, Jesus said that was summing up the law and the prophets, and, and basically Jesus came to fulfill the law. He said, a new law I give you. Uh, I want you to love each other the way that I've loved you. And and so, you know, I, I, in my personal opinion, you know, what we're called to do hasn't changed and won't change for eternity. Um, it's to love God and love others. Um, and of course, you know, the mission, he said, you know, go into all the world and make disciples um, of all nations, baptize them. And, uh, and teach them to obey. And, and so, you know, to me, you know, I, I don't know, I don't think churches have to look really hard for a purpose statement, a vision statement, a mission statement. I think it's in the Bible. Um, how we communicate that individually, you know, I think there's, there's a lot of a unity. But I, I, think, uh, I think God's saying, you know, um, stick to the original vision. You know, um, don't complicate uh, Christianity because it's not about a bunch of rules and regulations. It's about a, a life-giving relationship um, with God and with one another. 
Um, I think the reason Jesus threw in the second greatest commandment um, is, you know, uh, how can you genuinely love God if you don't love what's most important to him? Um, you know, I've been married uh, for 23 years. I have three beautiful daughters. Um, you know, you and I can have a certain level of relationship, but if you're hateful to my wife, we're only going to go so deep. You know right. what I'm saying? I mean, I, I can like you, but if you don't like my wife, I'm just going to be honest with you. Something's wrong with you, <laughs> you know? And and we're the bride of Christ. Right. And so, you know, these people like, you know, I love you, God, but I can't stand your people. Um, you know, uh, there is no human being on the face of the earth that's perfect. Uh including our favorite humans on the face of the earth, which would be my family. Um, but you know what? It doesn't matter. If you don't love my wife, you and I can only go so far. You know, if if you hate my kids or you're hateful to my kids, it's going to affect our relationship. Um, you know, of course, you know, Jesus in teaching us to pray you know, talked about forgiveness. And he said, you know, if we don't forgive others, we'll not be forgiven. You know, and it's it's uh, it's, it's like a parent, you know, uh, peace in my house is not just peace between me and my three daughters. It's peace between my three daughters and their siblings. And so, you know, I think God's saying the same thing that he said since the creation of time, you know, love me and love each other um and and of course that brings us back to what we talked about earlier the love that we have for one another will be the litmus test that we are genuine followers of jesus in the you know the the uh, the antithesis of love is is disunity you know um it's not just hate it's just you know apathy I don't care, you know. Uh, I care about your opinion means more to me than you, you know, kind of deal. Right. So. Well, you know, historically speaking, um, we were talking a little bit about earlier how the devil likes to use um, division um, to to uh, as a strategy, really, to try to keep the church weak or to keep us weak individually uh, or whatever. Um, but I was thinking about this while you were talking. Um, historically speaking, when you think back to the times that Paul was on the earth, you had Caesar. And Caesar, um, his objective ultimately when he sent his troops into a place was to divide and conquer. And quite frankly, you know, um, that's what I think the devil's trying to do with the church is to divide so that he can conquer us. And so that he can get our hearts, minds, uh, and, and, um, you know, uh, and, and cause us to think on other things rather than first loving God with all our heart, mind, body, and soul, and second loving our neighbor as ourselves. Those two things honestly are the most important, um, things. I think, um, those are the biggest things that I would be saying that we should be willing to die on a hill for, um, and that is that we should love each other. You know, they will know that we are Christians by our love, as the old hymn says. Um, and it's sad that we even have to have this conversation because there's not a whole lot of love 
between different denominations, unfortunately, and it's it's really, really sad. And I've been part of a non-denominational denomination for many years, yeah. and I call myself kind of anti-denominational because I just I don't believe in the the titles that we put ourselves behind. I don't believe in the flags that we try to carry. But at the same time, you're not going to get very far away from it simply because even in the non-denomination, there's a denomination, essentially. Um, What is, and and, you know, and and I like to talk to a lot of different people, uh, different leaders uh, from around the world, missionaries, pastors, uh, big name, small name, local and and national and scale. Um, What is one thing that you would ask other leaders if you had the opportunity to I think um, I think one of the things uh, that would be important is how can we, at a grassroots level, um, we may not be able to solve the big C um, problems, church. We may not be able to solve the national problems. But in the communities that God has given us uh, impact or influence in, how can we be, you know, uh, salt and how can we be light? And 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 you know, perhaps it's it's simply, you know, us starting uh, some local networks, you know, and, and crossing those bridges and taking those steps. Um, and, uh, you know, the scripture says if just a couple of us are gathered together, you know, in his name, he is here in our midst. And, um, you know, I, I think if we could just, you know, at a grassroots level, start getting some some pastors to walk across the aisle, you know what I'm saying, um, from one pew to the other um, or one, you know, ugly purple chair to the other. Um, <laughs> no offense. Um uh, ours are green, um, but um, you know I, I think, for instance, you know uh, I've never seen our nation more divided than than I do right now. Um, I'm 42 years old, um, and and I look with 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 great sadness um, at, at where where we've come, um, and and I don't see us moving in the right direction. And I think if anyone has a responsibility, if anyone has an opportunity, if anyone has the power to make a difference, it's the church. Um, you know, racially, uh, generationally. Um, uh, you know, there's so many uh, opportunities for us to step in and to be peacemakers. Um, I think it's it's you know I think it's a big deal, and I think it's a golden opportunity for the church to shine in this moment. Um, and to offer hope um, to people who um, some of them don't even um, recognize uh, how how hurt and and uh, how full of hatred they are, and that's that's no way to live. Um, you know, the first thing is is we've got to deal with our own house first. You know, if if we're the ones perpetuating the division, the discord, the strife. Um, you know, the scripture says that if my people who are called by my name will humble their hearts and they will pray and they will turn from their wicked ways 
You know, the church has been great at, at pointing out the sin of the world. I mean, what do we expect sinners to do? <laughs> you know, um, uh, I think if we would if we would turn the lens inward um, and allow the conviction of the Holy Spirit to move us back toward toward love and holiness and, and grace, um, man, I think the the opportunities and and the potential is is absolutely endless. Um, one of the things, um, if I can segue for a moment. Um, and I don't know that this is for the church in general, uh, but we're talking about disunity and, you know, of course, the very first uh, battle that was waged against the, 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 the infant church was to bring division between the Jew and the Gentile. Um, and, of course, you know, in Acts chapter 15, um, you know, we see this great debate and discourse and, and decision made. Um, and, uh, you know, scripture says very clearly that, that salvation is to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. And, uh, years ago, um, a good friend of mine, um, in fact, your pastor, Nick Honorkamp, shared an article with me and I uh, was on a church, uh, and, and, you know, they said that they had taken this very literally and, and had always in their missions and their, their, their outreach, um, had considered, you know, reaching, um, the Jewish people with, with, uh, you know, hope in Christ. And, um, you know, it just struck a chord in my heart and uh, was recently with um, some uh, leaders, uh, church leaders who uh, gathered from around the world, one of them being a Messianic uh, rabbi. And, um, you know, even though there was, uh, you know, a, a decision made and action taken by the church to, to you know, uh, deal with that, attack from the enemy, you know, the reality is, is, you know, uh, the Messianic church, the Gentile church is, has really kind of been doing its own thing on, on parallel tracks for the last 2000 years. And, and I have to wonder if, if, you know, uh, at the, at the, the center of all things is, is time comes to, uh, its fruition. If, you know, part of the healing and part of the unity, um, that, that God is calling the big C church to is between the the, uh, the Jewish uh, church and the Gentile church. Um, because, you know, uh, as I interact with with people all over the United States and, and from other nations, you know, it seems to be a common thread. Um, but it brings us back to that that idea of unity. I mean, the Bible says very clearly that, that there is no longer Jew, Gentile, slave, free, male, female. But then in Christ, God's made made us one. Uh, we have, and the enemy has, made us, you know, numerous. Um, but I believe that as God brings us uh, back together um, as the church, as his church, um, that we're going to see, you know, some some uh, pretty incredible times, if you believe the book of Revelation. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, well, I think uh, we've had a great conversation so far, and I know you only have a few more minutes to spare. So, um, you know, I wanted to just basically say um, one last question, and uh, and then we'll kind of go from there. Uh, what are some things you think bring unity and disunity in the church? Well, I think um, to maintain unity, uh, the first and most important facet is forgiveness. 
the truth is, um, you know, the scripture says to bear with one another in love. Um, that's because we all, from time to time, uh, are a bear to be around. Um, you know, we all make mistakes. Uh, we all sin. We all fall short. And so if we're not willing uh, to walk in a perpetual, you know, state of forgiveness, um, then I think unity is is uh, will always be elusive to us. Um, you know, I, I think we have to, um, you know, walk in in a, an ongoing uh, repentant state. You know, we talk about repentance some, um, not a lot. Um, we talk about it in in the aspect of salvation. You know, if you will repent of your sins and you know. Then God will forgive you, and you know all these things. But the truth is, I think we should we should be um, perpetually repentant. You know, recognizing that, you know, uh, hey, we're in process, and and we should not expect perfection out of other people, um, because you know the only person that's going to be disappointed is us. Um, you know, that's certainly easier said than done, but. I mean, the truth is, um, if if we not only have the perfect example in Jesus, but we literally have the power of the Holy Spirit residing inside of us, then we're not just, you know, well, I'm just human. We're not just human, you know? Um we are growing and becoming more and more and more like Christ. And, you know, uh, to think of him in his moment of greatest pain, betrayal, um, solitude, I mean, aloneness, uh, his heart's cry was, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Uh, that lives inside of you and me, James. Um, it's not always easy to tap into. Um, but but I, I truly believe um, that people are not disposable. Um, and I think we have to quit treating them like that. Um, and it's going to get messy and it's going to get painful. Um, and we're going to have to die to ourselves. But that's what we're called to do. Um. Well... I want to take the time just to thank you for being on the podcast today um, and thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule uh, between your two campuses that you have. I know that you stay uh, going, going, going pretty much all the time. So I definitely want to appreciate you uh, for coming on. And uh, also I'd like to give a shout out to New Covenant Church in Clyde, North Carolina for allowing us to use their facilities today uh, for the podcast. And if there were any audio problems, I apologize. Uh, technical problems caused uh, the audio not to be the best quality that it possibly could be. So thank you for bearing with us. Um, stay tuned for final thoughts, and I appreciate you for listening. God bless.
Well, we learned a few things from Michael Abbott, uh, Pastor Mike, today, and uh, I was really, really, really um, uh, flabbergasted at some of the things that he said. People are not disposable, um, and I totally agree with that. I think uh, a lot of times in the church today, um, we see that um, we see that people are kind of disposable, and. Uh, and, and I think to a large degree, to a large extent, that's what kind of aids in the problem with division in the body of Christ. Um, and, and there was a few other things that uh, uh, Pastor Mike said, and, and I, I'm really interested in hearing your thoughts uh, around this episode. So um, I'm not going to carry on much longer uh, in the final thoughts. I, I just want to kind of say, you know, Go to our Facebook page, um, facebook.com forward slash the Warriors Cry, and uh, go ahead and tell me what you think. Um, I'm really excited about being back live, and uh, I've, I've got to set up a few more appointments and uh, get a few more episodes going. Um, but I hope to have another episode up by March, um, middle of March sometime. Um, and, you know, there's a few other things going on, but I really do appreciate um, your. Uh, dedication to listening to our podcast and tuning in. Uh, but once again, like I said, go to um, facebook.com forward slash the warriors cry and volunteer your thoughts on the podcast link uh, because I do want to hear what you guys are thinking. And if you have any pastors, teachers, uh, leaders uh, of your church, your denomination um, that you'd love to have on the program, I'd love to talk to them. I'd love to have them on the program. Um, Please send their information to me, um, and I will get in touch with them uh, as well. Um, you know, I definitely want to uh, touch base and reach out and get a hold of whoever I can because there's so many different perspectives in the body of Christ that we have, and uh, I definitely want to take advantage of that. So you can go to facebook.com forward slash the Warriors Cry uh, and interact with me there. You can also email me directly at thewarriorscry at gmail.com. And um, as many of you know, we have another podcast on the Warriors Cry Network, which is called Warriors on the Wall. Uh, we just finished up our eighth episode uh, of Warriors on the Wall, and it's called the Shirtless Men's Podcast, uh, the latest episode. Um, so if you are interested in listening to kind of political banter from a Christian perspective, um, the episode was great. We had James Michael Smith on there, um, and we talked a little bit about uh, eschatology. We talked a little bit about Milo Yiannopoulos pre-Milo uh, uh, having his uh, uh, issue that he just recently had. We talked a little bit about the UC Berkeley riots. Talked a little bit about a bunch of different things, and I normally don't talk about that kind of stuff here, uh, but I just want to plug uh, Warriors on the Wall podcast as well. Um, so you can check that out uh, wherever any fine podcasts are distributed, as well as this one. Uh, once again, I really appreciate you listening. Um, you can also check out um, our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the Warriors Cry. Um, and any support, any information, anything that you want to um, – bring up or add, I'd love to talk to you. Um, so once again, email me at thewarriorscry at gmail.com. Uh, peace, love, and hope you have a fantastic rest of the month, and God bless.